Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Well, let's think about the previous centuries, old eras gone by. At one point, the Model T was cutting-edge technology. That was a new era. When electricity was harnessed, and then able to be transferred safely into buildings and electricity happened, that was a new era. There was a time when they put candles on Christmas trees with flames. (laughs) They had no other technology, no other option. And then one year it was candles, the next year it was lights. One One day, one year, it was one way of living, and the next, One year, plumbing was outside, the outhouse. And then if you were wealthy, you were able to get indoor plumbing. See, now it's it's a staple depending on still where you live. There are people who still live in the United States of America with no indoor plumbing. I can't even, yeah. I can't. I just, I do this again. Again. But. For the sake of this argument, indoor plumbing, central air. When I grew up on the East Coast, central air was a privilege in your home. And then I moved to Oklahoma, and I said, oh, everybody has central air? And I said, oh, it's so hot. I see why. But Pennsylvania gets really hot, and that wasn't the case. If If you had money, money, you had central air in your house, and then if you did not, or if you were in an older house, really, and you were not going to pay to have central air, like my grandmother and mine and folks, you had the AC unit in the window. And if you were blessed, it was in more than one window, which was always in the living room. What about the bedroom? So you wanted to stay up really late because you knew when you went upstairs, it was the box fan. In the window. Come on now. Anybody have the box fan ministry in the window? That was an era. I mean, it still is for many people, but that was the staple way. And then we progressed. And so with new era apostleship restitution, new eras come with what? New language. New concepts. New technology. We just think technology is tied to uh, electricity. But technology technique So new technology, new techniques for doing things comes with a new era. How do you know? We have kids now who don't know how to live life without a tablet or a cell phone. You're riding around. I used to work in retail. The kids would be in the strollers on the phones, the tablets, doing their thing. Let something happen with that tablet, and somebody is shrieking. It used to be you just take a little binky out of the mouth, and now you take that, that piece of tech. And those kids know you're giving them a piece of junk tech. <laughs> you're like, here's your little play with your kids in the play and they're like, what is this? Ah, and they're like, give me yours. Because I know yours is real. And this this mess right here, okay. So even the babies come out knowing. Not don't give me a 
coloring book. Don't get connect with the connect the dots. Don't with the give me a downloadable. My friend's daughter was about two years old, and she was talking to her, and she did not want to listen. That girl turned up the volume on that tablet to drown out her mother. She said, "Oh no, mm-hmm. give me that right now." I said, "Nope." Two years, two years old. We know how to tune mom out. She said, "Not today, not today, Satan. No, you're not." She took it back. Oh no! And that girl screamed her head off. She said, "Uh, no, ma'am. We don't. No, 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 no. Because if you're doing this at two years old, and you think it's okay, new era. And so with new era apostleship restitution, it has rolled out a whole new language, new concepts." Look, new eras have new dress codes. Don't act like they don't. The new era dress code is scripturally organic, culturally unmodified. Don't act like it isn't. And we separate the two. We, we say the 80s, dress like the 80s. Why did they even try and bring that? Dress like the 80s. That era had its own look, and it clashed. Its own sound, and it was tinny and horrible. Its own hair that was high and hit the ceiling. All kind of colors. Makeup was just a bunch of primary colors all over your face. Uh, you know, <laughs> you had the jelly shoes. You had the the uh, banana pants the, the, with the little thing. Come on, look, we're all like, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, why can't God have that for his kingdom? So the, the devil can have his eras. We can say the 70s. Woo, we go disco, band bag. Big hair again, big hair. Look, you the afro. <laughs> Belligerent. Look, you have all kinds of LSD. You have the drug tripping out the club. We have a, our whole mind goes to not just a date. Come back. Not just a date, but a lifestyle with time. You can tell how old somebody is by the language that they use. High five? No. Okay. <laughs> you can tell. You'll say, oh, that's so and so. Oh, yeah, they're old school. You'll, we call it old school. OG, you know, depends on how cool they are. How to, but you realize they go back. People who speak in complete sentences, not young people. You know by the way somebody thinks. Why are you just so old-fashioned? We throw it to an era. So when we're talking about new era, apostleship restitution, the acronym NEAR, you see how many times I'm saying it so you get it, NEAR, the new era, apostleship restitution. What are we restituting? We can see, and you can tell that in God we really check our brains at the door. Because outside of him, we can see when they want to bring something back. Well, they bring it back. They brought back bell bottoms. Let me see. In the 90s, they brought back bell bottoms. And then they were wide legs, huge. Those things were so huge. When you went into clubs, if they were too big, they wouldn't let you in. People were smuggling in weapons and alcohol, strapping them to their legs because their pant legs were so wide. Yes, come on now. They brought back platform shoes. They pick and choose what they bring back from an era. They took ripped jeans from the 80s, and they just, when, when you were you wore ripped clothes because you were poor, and made it fashion in the 2000s. So going back to pull something forward is nothing new, because there is nothing new under the sun. 
it's really your only option. And so, but with God, when he reaches back to pull something forward, now we're being legalistic. Now you're being religious. Don't take us back to that old-time religion. You have six oldies channel apps on your phone because you're in love with your oldies. But God can't pull up his oldies. We don't sing hymns in our church because it's just so old-fashioned. What's in your car? What, give me that song. I want to see what your playlists are. So we'll see if you believe in old-fashioned or you just don't believe God should have the right to have his oldies but goodies. Well, no, 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 we don't teach that anymore. So with New Era, as you have found out, we're actually going back to the foundation in that the era is new and we are restoring what has been destroyed. So which is why we send you back to your word. We send you back, get in that Bible, study it. Don't just cursory read it, study it. Listen to it. Break it down. Listen, if you're in school here, you're going to have worksheets coming out of your dreams. Your dreams, they will chase you in your sleep. People like, I dreamt about doing my homework. I woke up like, okay? <laughs> it's just that serious in Price University because this is that serious in any university. I went to ORU, and it was really serious about doing your homework and your schoolwork on time, unless you had a joke of a teacher, and every now and again you did, somebody who really didn't care about the standard, and it was cool at first until you realized they were wasting your money. Oh, yeah, they're easy. You don't have to really, yeah, that's cool. Wait a minute. So, you know, parents, I'm sorry, you have a professor who what? Because that loan is paying per credit hour tuition. I don't think I'm going to get a refund on my tuition because you have a professor who didn't do their job. Oh, then you just stop telling your parents, too. Who <laughs> this teacher was goofing off and which one was <laughs> But then I went back and thought, I said, oh, yeah, that's right. We are paying good money to get a solid education. Let me find the person who's going to challenge me to the very least to get my money's worth. And not to take easy street coasting through, because when you take easy street, guess what happens? When you get out there in the real world, you are not prepared to be successful. And you had the easy teachers. You chose the easy preachers. Now, I would say you chose the easy apostles, but they're not an apostle if they're easy. And I stare off again. <laughs> they're not a real prophet. And let me tell you what, they're not a real pastor either, because those real pastors who really know their job, who, are, who have not sold out to culture, Oh, no, I sat under pastor. You know, bringing that mess in my church. Woo, so many people are so hot with my pastor. You know, bringing that in here. This is how I was prepared for this apostle. Because I had a pastor who didn't play. He had no identity crisis and why he was in ministry. None whatsoever. And so we're, again, new era apostleship restitution. New era apostleship restitution. Just think about that. New era, new language. New era, new songs. And every song, every era, every decade has the top ten songs that earmarked that decade. And if they were by somebody who was a reigning champion in the industry, every decade they have a song in that marked the times. Oh, yeah, so and so. Oh, yeah, that was their breakout time they did. And then, boom, this song, and then that one. Or if they're a director or producer, this movie, that movie. Oh, yeah, it was the 70s and then the 80s. Wow, they've been reigning for 40 years on top. And in, our, in, in the kingdom of God, it should be the same way. 
Mark it here. We I see. I go back to dark prices and materials, and I'm like, mm, yep. Well, that was the 80s, and this 90s marked this. The early 2000s, 2010, uh, 20 up to 2010, 20 up to 2020, and now, and now, we are being gutted. <laughs> well, he can't say it wasn't coming. I mean, hard reset. Somebody gutting you. Somebody just gut punching you. It's like you can't breathe, you can't think, you're whiting out, you're in a ridiculous amount of pain, and you're thinking as soon as I find myself and can stand up straight, you, your gut is messed up. Let's talk about the gut for just a second. When your gut is messed up internally on a, a biological level, your immune system is thrown off. People don't realize that their immunity is down if their gut is off. The bacteria in there that you need, that's why some of these crazy, insane diets killing all the wrong enzymes, all the wrong bacteria, and then you can't keep yourself straight. When your stomach is off, your whole body can be thrown off. He's like, I don't even know. Can't absorb nutrients properly. Upper intestine, lower intestine. Oh, goodness. And then all the intestines, just the intestines, stomach. And it's complex down there. It's a busy, nasty business. In the gut. And so thinking about what Dr. Price has been saying about being gutted, I mean, when you gut something, you pull the, the, the heart of it out. You, you go in and you just clean it out. When you go in to gut a house before you renovate it, we all can say we know what that means. You're knocking out walls. Because basic renovation and gutting is like, oh, you yeah, know, we need to go in and gut that building. And just, we kept the frame. That's all. That's why some of us are around superficially looking the same, but we gone on the inside. <laughs> Just gone. The Lord is coming through. Is there a witness in the room? The Lord is coming through with this sledgehammer like you do. Boom. I love, again, you know, I love those shows, Demo Day. God is like, it's demo day. And everybody loves demolition day because they just can rip things out unless it's something they need to keep like a little bearing beam. They have a mark. Don't do not do this wall because the whole roof will collapse on us. But rip out the cabinets. Just hammer out the tiles. Take out the shelves. We're going to take off the plaster. We're going to rip up the carpeting. And it's like, ah, and you know what? It's dirty, and it's hot, and it's nasty, and it's probably smelly because if it's old, they have to have the masks on because you don't even know what debris is flying around. And they've demoed and gutted the old. And, yeah, if it's really deep, it is more than one day. If it's really big or if it's really sensitive, or if some things you can't rush. Because if you rush it, you'll tear up what you need to preserve. And so with the gutting process in this here era, for uh, some of us who do not have so much to do like Dr. Price where he had to do a rapid, it's going to be slower. Because we're not quite as vital. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so we can be down a little bit longer and slower. Some of us, he's pulling off of the conveyor belt for a season. You, oh, there you go, right here. I'm hooking you up to the gut leash. So you don't move, sit. You have to sit. Stay. And be gutted. Some of us might need a little 
What what is it that they would give to induce vomiting? If a cat. Some of us fighting God left and right. I'm not gonna vomit because if you're like the rest of us, you can't. If you will do anything not to throw up, you will do anything not to purge, and it's gonna be the best thing for you. And you would rather suffer for three weeks in misery than vomit for 30 seconds to get it out. And so hey, I'm that person. And so sometimes God just slid that epicac in there, and then boom, boom. And you can't help it. You're just crazy all over the place. You are melting down. You're telling folks off. All the ugly is coming out because he's gutting you. And then you know you have a list of apologies to make later. Like AA, you just have a list of, you got to rebuild these relationships that you tore up when you were under the influence of you, <laughs> okay? I was under the influence of me. I'm so sorry. I was so full of myself, so intoxicated by my self-righteousness. I just didn't know what I was saying. I knew I was right. And then you were not. And so he puts it down there, and then you're just, uh, and, uh, and all these memories are coming up, and all these things that you just move past, but you really didn't get over. You just kept moving. Life keeps moving. Time keeps moving. You moved away from where you live. You thought, oh, a new environment is going to be everything I need, and you find out you're still there. And everything that came, there you go, because it was in you. It was in you, and you thought it was just the location, although I believe and uh, we teach here that your geography, your destiny is tied to your geography. So there is that. But then there's the escapism mentality. And that's why you have some people who can't stay anywhere for more than three years. Three, two, three years. This whole thing goes off. And if, if, they can't, if you're somebody who can't stand still for three years, after about the second year, you begin to build your case. So and so did this. Yes, I'm talking about everywhere you go. Yes, that's right. Nobody understands you. Oh, look, see, see how your leader said that to you? You see how your friend, is that really your friend? Then all of a sudden suspicions kick up and whatever kicks up, and you're not aware of the cycle usually. You're not. And then this whole case is built up for the cycle to continue, the cycle that keeps you displaced, the cycle that keeps you always starting over. You know the thing about always starting over? You never really get anywhere. You don't. Unless, you know, I'm just moving from house to house to house to house to house to house. There are people who sometimes they get, they itch every year. They have to be in a new home. Now it could be in their own city. (laughs) They've lived everywhere under the sun. Okay, a little displacement happening. And, And so with our new era apostleship restitution, that language is tied to it, even to let us know what all of that is. This is why we have with our new era the soul of success. We have uh, eternity in the now. We have scripturally organic, culturally unmodified. Every era is marked by its language. Every era is marked by its literature, its books. Hey, when I was at ORU, we had the oral era literature. The books he wrote, the ones he did 40, 50, 30 years ago at that time, it didn't matter. We had to take classes based on his books. That is nothing new. That is nothing new. When you come under a founder, you were in a founder's institution, because you need to know what they found <laughs> and why it's for you. New eras come with what? They come with uh, uh, branding, slogans, logos, T-shirts. Can we say Y2K? which was a moment in time, 
Everything's gonna crash 2000. The programs have been overthrown. The computers have been programmed to click over. Everything is gonna stop. The economy is gonna end. You will walk through the mall, Y2K t shirts, Y2K mugs, keychains, you know, getting now. People were almost jumping off of bridges. The stock market is gonna crash because nothing is set up to click over to the year 2000. And guess what happened? At midnight, the ball dropped, well, ball, ball dropped here. And as midnight began to happen around the world, everybody was looking to see whoever has midnight first. Well, nothing. I'm going to bed. What happened? Okay, yeah, nothing. And then you feel on the West Coast. What's happening on the East Coast? It's midnight. It's still 10 o'clock here. It's 9 o'clock here. Let's see. Nothing. Wake me up in the morning, somebody. Okay? Will my alarm clock go off tomorrow? Okay. Yes. There's still New York didn't blow up. New York rolled in, and it kept on moving. And so what we're doing here is absolutely nothing new. We're just doing it for Jesus Christ. New language, new dress code, which nothing, you know, new. We're pulling forward the Lord's language, God's language. This is how he thinks. This is what he always said. We're so far displaced from him. We're like, that's new. That's new. And I love the Lord. That's new to you. It's like, that's how we do with our parents. I never heard that before. Okay. And the world didn't start the day you were born. Oh, it did according to me. <laughs> but not according to parents. It didn't start the day you were born. And that's how we treat the Lord. Like, this thing started the day he was born. Uh, turn her up first, huh? So uh, it did not start with us, and we have got to shift from thinking that all of creation started the day we were born, that the Lord got going good when we got saved. That's what he really did. Well, what he started doing was let us pop out, live out, and he just recorded. He just wrote it down he as it was happening. He's such a good He just wrote it down. Look at my sweetie. What you doing here, girl? <laughs> ah, California. California. I mean, you know, I'm getting me from California. Well, she, heard, she heard the clarion call. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you got discernment. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> you got some discernment, don't you? It is wonderful to have you. Welcome. And you couldn't have come and brought your strength at a better time. Yes. Because that's what we need. We need your strength. Hey, you. Good morning. Well, I'm excited. How many of you all have been following me this week? I yeah. Have. You have? Yeah. How did you have time? I have time. Uh-huh. I made time. I find time. First thing I want to tell you so that you all understand that you being in this uh, audience on Thursday is not just encouraging me. This is mentorship. You're being, for the two hours that we're together, you're being directly mentored from my mantle. Because you all know, you can go and watch it on whatever, but you all who are here every week, you feel the difference. And why is it that you want to be in the presence? Because see, a lot of people feel like, I got my papers, I don't need to show up, I got my this, I don't need to do that, I'm the this, I'm the that, and so I don't have to act like an underling. Mm. Well, come on, make this plain. 
I'm busy. I got things to do. Now, I do this every week. If you had anywhere else to be every week, you would arrange yourself around it, but I'm too big to arrange my schedule to be part of it. Because you feel paper, finished program, credential means you're done with the learning side. And so you begin to open up your big trunk and stash away yourself serving part. This is also service. See, because you never know, and you all have been here, when the show's over, you never know what happens. We almost need to be camera running. You know? Because y'all would come in. We can start another way sometimes when it gets good. But, you know, know, the after show. (laughs) And so, but it's in the after show that all of the things, your questions come up, you get answers, you get mentored. That's not on Facebook. That's not on social media. Those people have no idea what happens when it's over. And since I am who I am, you don't get another time in the week that we sit together. You know, I'm in the building. Hi, baby. Hi, sweet. No, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. People think that you all get to stop me in the hall and ask all of those questions, but I'm here to tell them, y'all move better. You go do your job. So this two hours is a gift, and it's a privilege. And as much of what I say is because you're sitting here, as much as, as, much as what I say is by the Holy Ghost. So what do I mean? Every audience mix triggers an apothecary of information. Every single one. So this one or that one, I'll, I'll look at you and I'm teaching or speaking on a subject and I'll look at you and the Holy Ghost says, boom, boom. What is he doing? He's answering while you're sitting here. That's spontaneous. I have my prepared stuff. I can preach to a wall. They'll tell you, I can preach to a wall for three hours, probably three days straight, and never see the wall. Never see the wall. I told him, I'm wanting to get a hookup where I can just come in and shut this door and push a button for myself, for my own camera, because I don't need an audience to do what I do. I appreciate an audience. I don't need it. Because when you are a founder, as she pointed out, and when you are a groundbreaker, you have no audience. Your, you know, your walls are your audience. You hope that maybe every now and then an angel will pop in and just encourage. We just did one. So I watch when I ordain a prophet or commission a leader. I watch how long it takes for them to drop off and fall away. That's a powerful statement. Because not a lot of mentees want to be distant from their mentors. I look online and see who's watching and who's watching regularly and in the moment. Because you see, I'm the future. And I have to not only stop the future, dispensation, I have to staff it. Yes. 
profit for the people. And you can say, well, I don't know if I really agree with that. I don't know if I really believe that. Where is that in the Bible? So let me give you a little, y'all know y'all need some scripture. Yes. Trained y'all well. Yes. And my Bible tells me in the book of Acts, but this is what the Bible says. We're waiting. The Holy Spirit says that Jesus is going to send us the promise of the Father, and we're going on and on. And Peter's like, and they're in the room, and they're praying. And they everything is suspended in time. Nothing is happening. Now, they're supposed to be, but nothing is happening. And so they're there, and they get to praying, and the, the one who is going to found the Jerusalem Council gets the problem. What is the hold up here? Why aren't we going? But he can feel, because Jesus trained him personally, he can feel something's out and something's amiss, not out of order. And you all need to know the difference between amiss and out of order. Because we call everything out of order, and some things are just amiss. And so in his discussion, he said, hold it. Holy Ghost can't come because all the tribes aren't represented. We're missing an apostle for a tribe. Because the Holy Ghost must baptize 12 tribes in Israel, not 11 survivors. talking about should you have been there. So Peter jumps up, and this is what he says. He says, Lord, tell, hear me, tell us of the two we chose, because first God wants you to bring your candidates, because mm-hmm. he's not going to do all of the sifting and carrying on. He said, we found two, because the Holy Ghost is obviously leading him. He said, we found two. And of the two we found, tell us which one you have chosen because both of both have always been with us whenever the Lord Jesus came and went. They never missed a session. No gaps in their understanding, recollection, nothing. They never missed. And they said, the lot fell on Matthias. Now, Matthias was not in the closed community. He wasn't in the private classes. He wasn't even in the 40-day crash finishing course. But his credential was this. He never missed when Jesus showed up. He was never away from the apostles. You know how, that's why you know that we've not been under the uh, scriptures of and mantles. Because a lot of the doctrine today is, well, you can get it by this, and you can get it by that, and you can do this, and you have to be there, and, you know, it comes through the television. All of that is fine for the everyday saints, hmm. not for the power leaders. The power leaders must always be where the power is, leading people into and through the power. So what you all do, and I say you all not in this room, but what the, what the body of Christ does, because, see, there are, things, well, there are things that work for the body. There are things that work for the religion. There are things that actually work for Christianity. 
But there are things that only apostles and prophets get credit for. Because they are how God does everything. So you think about it. Now, when they got chosen and everybody was, well, I don't know why you tell him. I mean, I don't know why you tell I mean, all the while they were following, they were called suck-ups. They were called flunkies, kiss-ups, you know, butt-kissers. They were dogs. How do I know it? Because that's what they called this woman all the time. And you know what I said to her? I don't care what they call you. I sit in the seat and I determine who you are. Mm-hmm. So she let them call her all of those names, and she here whispering, "Well, these are not because people are proud that they are alienators. They're proud to be alienators. Well, these I ain't this, and these aren't to do that. But nobody ever read a scripture that John said that about being with Jesus everywhere he went. John was like, "I'm with Jesus." Hey, man, we going out to drink. I'm with Jesus. Man, we going to go over here. I am with Jesus. Why? Because if you are the chosen one, you cannot depart and you can't miss. It bothers you to miss because you feel like your place is empty and you don't know who's filling it. So that's independent street. We assume John had no independent street. But clearly, if the entire apostleship group called him the apostle whom Jesus loved, he must have had one. He just didn't use it against Jesus. Does this help you all? See, and you notice I never tell you to come. Do I ever tell you all to come on? I never say. You know why? Because if you're not going to follow Jesus, I don't really care. Because I'm here every Thursday because that's what he told me. (laughs) Yeah, small thing. But even if I, if I never said a word, don't want to say a word, don't invite you, don't ask you where you've been, because you know I don't do that. He is God. Several years from now, God needs somebody to take up something, to handle a project for him. Somebody that he knew would fight, would stand, would push. He knew that. And you know what he watched? He watched what you did where you were. And to see how faithful you were. He said, because if you're not as faithful in another man, who's going to trust you with your own? So you all, God has a vision. He wakes up and he says, I want to start that, that church over there in Tulsa again. Of course, of course, they're not interested. They only have 14 people who are more in love with the fact that they stay than they are and that they kept it going. So he starts this church. And he's got to scan the country because he wants nothing of what's here to be part of his foundation yet. So he scans the country. And what does he go by? Peter's credentials. Who has always done what God says? Who was always there no matter what? Who went through the night? Who cried through the night? Who fought? Who prayed? Who does? Who said, I don't care? Who defied their own congregational backlash? Because there's not a leader in a seat today that did not have to go through congregational backlash and community backlash. 
You all are here, and you think you made up your mind that you want whatever. No, but while you where you are, you say, God, there's got to be more to it than this. Lord, don't tell me that this is as good as it gets. And then you said, if, if all of you said it in your own way, I don't want a church that's not going to follow you, Jesus. I'd rather sit home and channel surf. And you all came for watching me. And you know why you were able to watch me? Because you were called to me. But you didn't let everybody who thought it was a good idea come because you must get your power spaces first. If you don't get the power hopers, power keepers, oh, yeah, yeah. if you the, the uh, flood will define you. You understand that we have tidal waves, we have cyclones and tsunamis, but nobody defines the mountains and the water. Mm. They got to go around them, go over them. And so when God decides to use you, He's using you not based on your school degrees and all of that. Those are finishing. That's like the shell on the m M&M. <laughs> But you can't get to that nut till you get past that shell. That's not it. God is looking for who has his best interest at heart. You realize a lot of people don't show up because they don't have God's best interest at heart, and they're like, well, that doesn't interest me. Oh, that's what I like about being who I am today that I really wish I could have been at her age, like now, she's got it. She's got 20 more years on it than I have. And she doesn't mind saying it because she's been back, she's been vetted, she's been credentialed, and she's been proven not just by me, by heaven. And so, but what I like to do now is that a lot of people did all, as Paul said, y'all did it ignorantly. Moses, y'all did it ignorantly. A lot of this stuff folks did because it was the only thing in town. It's like saying I'm going to go to a Kia dealer that sells nothing but Kia's and get myself a Cadillac. Mm. You understand that that's not fair. Although, I mean, in today's world, they may have one that just got traded, but you can bet it's not going to be on the front row with what they sell. They're going to be in the back. And so God is giving us options today. You don't have to misunderstand. My personality works for what the future is. My personality was not working for the past. Right. Past is like me. <laughs> I wasn't especially fond of it. <laughs> we clashed on every side. Because when you, are, when you are for the future, the past looks idiotic. Oh, my and the present God knew you would stand because you were for the future. Because you heard all of those big names coming through your church saying nothing and doing less. And you respected them because they smote the people. Because they were who were holding the fort. But God listened to your heart when you were sitting there. And he knew that when he got ready to kick off his new thing, which is one of the millions he's got going on, but he knew that when he got ready to kick it off, he knew you would guard and keep it. Mm-hmm. See, God doesn't just God does not need you in his presence just to make him look good. God is like, I am good looks. 
both good and looks begin with you. So he doesn't need that. He has no ego. At least it's because he's too busy trying to fix ours. Okay. So the thing that you need to understand is God's looking for keepers and not just reapers. He's looking for builders and not just takers. God is looking for folks that he can join with the heavenly host who are and want to be their equivalent in the earth. Do you understand that? And so you were, you're here at your volition because your volition equates to his volition. I want what God wants. And I want it God's way. See, there are, people will do what God wants around the world. They just can't do it his way. They'll tell him, as she pointed out, they'll tell him he's outdated. They'll tell him we don't do it like that any longer. My personal favorite is, God, this can't be like it was in the Bible because we have light and energy. Sure. Yeah, that's a real, that makes a real big difference because you don't use candles. But you still need light. You have to light, right? And God is like, I gave God light 12 hours a day. I'm talking about light. <laughs> I am light. Jesus light of the world. Walking in a storm. Pitch black. Tsunami, hurricane type thing. On the water, wind's blowing, and his eyes are the light beams. So don't talk to me about technology, says the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> he said, because what you have is what we tested, beta tested, and threw away. We're going to give it to the clay people. All right? The clay people. We clay people. And so I'm telling you now how to be a mentee because there are so many people who want to be mentored who have no idea how to be a mentee. You have, first of all, you have to decide, do I want to be mentored? Do I want to be advised? Do I want to be coached? Or do I want to be tutored? Now, mentorship encompasses every part of that, all of it. Mentorship is a full absorption readiness path. Write that down if you're taking notes. Mentorship is a full absorption readiness path. And so what we call mentoring is often just tutoring. You show up a couple times, whatever, um, you know, periodic. Um, it's not kind of like you get tutored with your homework. The tutor is not the teacher. The tutor is a peer who just happens to grasp it a little better than you do. So we have, are you looking to be tutored? Or maybe you're looking to be advised. In other words, you want somebody to point you the way, to show you the way, give you pointers. See, if you just want pointers and tips, then you're an advisee. We have a scheduled period of time where I learn a piece of my wisdom, my experience, and my intelligence for you. See, that's what you want to understand because we, we church people just, you know, they, got, they like a lot of buzzwords. So, you know, so now 
We've got the tutor. Well, maybe you want some manual direction or guidance. Oh, then you want a coach. You, now, in all of these, what's missing is you're surrendering the totality of the product, the end product you want to be to a single person who can get you there and who can do it. Now, when you're, uh, when you're being coached, it's usually situational and incidental. It's not occupational, not full occupational. Because even when you look at athletics, yes, they have a coach for the games. But the ones they mentor are coached beyond the game. They get the secrets. They get the tips. They get the explanations. Like they'll, everybody will say, they'll say to the, the ones they're coaching, yeah, now, you know, that's good. Hit it harder. That's great. Go, go in. To their mentee, they say, in their ear. And it doesn't take long to find out who the mentor has chosen. Because like the apostles, they recognize the mentee gets more than everybody else and gets it in a whisper in closed session. So when people tell me, just so let me get real clear, when they tell me I'm their mentor, I if I if I feel like talking, you know, I'm getting older now and I don't need to do all of that. I could just say, Oh, uh huh. But if they if they're somebody who really genuinely is trying to get it together, I'll say, No, I'm not. Yeah, I read your book. I said, Then you're one of my readings. <laughs> but I do within them. I said, Then you're one of my readers who is an implementer. See, I, when I was her age, I wouldn't say that because I was too concerned about hurting people's feelings and giving the impression that I was more than I thought I was more than I am. I am all this and a lot you will never see. Because my mentor is the man, Christ Jesus, and not through music and song and devotion roles and prayer, through get up, we're doing this. Okay, that's wrong. Hmm. Get your notebook. We're going to do this. Okay, I'm going to give you some object lessons. Be ready. And won't ever warn you when it's going to happen. <laughs> pop quiz, pop exam, pop final. So when people tell me, Dr. Price, you are my mentor, and I never see you, well, then I'm your tutor. And guess what? I don't tutor in the book. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> I got another one over there. I got some more around here. And I don't even want to talk about that girl from Iowa. <laughs> so I'm saying to you, so that you can, you can not only balance your expectations, but you can regulate our relations. See, mentorship is not a relationship. Mm. Mentorship is an arrangement. My God. See, because you can relate to the dog next door. Oh, no, me and that dog got a good relationship. He knows how to bark at me. 
Relationship is too flabby. It's too flexible, fluctuating. No, we have an arrangement. And if you ever get a chance to sit down and talk to this woman who I can honestly say I poured the most of me in because she just was always there. See, when you're always there, you don't miss. But if you're going to be there, don't sit in my presence, listen to me talk, and not take notes because I'll stop counseling. I will stop. I won't talk to you. I used to tell, and I only had to tell a couple times because, you know, she, this girl's like, oh, no, I'm still trying to sell profit. <laughs> okay? And I use her as an example because John, because Jesus used John. John's gospel is different because John's gospel was about, about the existence of the sovereign who became flesh. The others were about his ministry on earth. You see how you need to know the difference? Yeah. So Matthew talks about the king who came to the sovereign king of eternity who became flesh to come and set up his kingdom in this world. Luke talks to you about the son of God that became man and how God's men and God, uh, the almighty's children, function and operate. But John told us about his friend, the friend who wanted to tell all of the other 11 and they got tired and went to sleep. Or they got to go home. They had other things to do. So John talked about the being of the Son of God. And John never looked at his trials the way everyone else did. Matter of fact, it's in John that his brothers tell him, why do you keep hiding? You just keep hiding. Why do you keep hiding? You want to show off. So I'm telling you, every one of those 11 or 12 apostles interacted with, with Jesus differently. Jesus related to all of them as his students and as his future world powers. So you didn't think that. He related to each and every one of them. That's why Peter said, now you're going to restore the kingdom? Future world power. Okay? Every single one. But he mentored only three. He only mentored three out of all of them. He taught them all, he trained them all, he tried them all, he trusted them all, but when it came time for the world, for the three that would be the world powers that would reflect the Godhead, he only had three. And they got the behind this world kingdom secret. When you are chosen to be the top three, you are not coached, etc. They all loved him. They all trusted him. They all were there. Peter said they never missed a session. Who, you know, who came and went with us all the time. Peter gave the credentials. We never missed this man's class. They, now, we don't know Peter. We don't have a family. Remember, mother-in-law, sick, dog, Jesus, healed, sick, They had family. So this whole family doctrine that you all are buying, 
That's Satan's doctrine. That's human doctrine. That is not Jesus. Because everybody knows that if I can't get in tight with God, I can't make life happen. So Peter, hear me, the three he mentored, Peter shall heal. Yes. Yes. The other ones were still laying on hand. Yes. Primitive. Uh, Mentorship takes you out of primitivity. Uh, that's good. Uh, Hold on. She said, I got Would you like? I'm going to give her up. Oh, my God. There are things that she knows I do. No one else. If you look at Norma right now, she'll tell you. She sees me do things nobody else ever sees. And, and, she, and she said to me last week, every time you do these miracles and these things, I always end up in the field there. I thought, well, yeah, that's not the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> done, done, done. There are things that she knows that I can do. Yeah. And you know what? I don't care if nobody else knows it but her and ask I'm all right with that. I probably need a third one just to fit the, the God pattern. I don't, I don't know. But there are things that she knows that I'm able to do without a belief. Everybody thinks that they stick with me because they're whatever. No, they are like John. John says, and many such things Jesus says, that if, the, if they were all written in a book, the world could not contain them. Now, for somebody who's only been with this man three and a half years, Jesus. he was in Jesus's vault, arsenal, warehouse, and we can go on. Now, it sounds like I'm bragging. If you hear that, if you really hear or think that I'm bragging, it's because you're not of what I've called you to. I'm okay with that. Stay with that. Stay with your criticism. And miss your <laughs> Say what you can and miss your crossover. Because you're either going to cross over or you're going to criticize. So Peter got shadow healing class. That means that the, 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 what the sun outlines about us typically as image for Peter was substance. His shadow was more than an image. It became a power. So I need you to hear that. Peter's classes, because he was part of the mentorship group, because I can, every teacher in the world can tell you about a class, and then it can tell you about a special group, and then it can tell you about the mentee. And the mentees are the fewest in number. The whole idea that you're validated if you have a big church means you're a lecture hall. And they're starting to say it. I'm a a motivational speaker. Because you're not producing anything. You're just audiating. So you're a lecture hall. Because I want you to understand, even all those people in those pews know that there is a group that goes behind the veil, behind the closed room, okay? They know that. And they know what happens behind that veil is powerful. 
Now, you might think that when you come into my little private world, that you're going to have, it's just going to be light camera action. Sometimes it is. I'm not going to say that it isn't. But I want you to understand, I meant to well in a nightgown. I can roll over from my sleep and say, Ashley, come here. I've got to pray for you because you're under attack. Lay hands on her and go back to sleep. Go ahead. <laughs> this is way back, way back. I mean, maybe the third year I knew Dr. Price about 17 years ago, and she was sleeping. And we were in her room, I don't know, watching TV or something. I mean, in college, you don't act like parents or parents. Like, oh, you got the TV in the house. Watch your daughters. And we were talking about buying shoes. And I was talking about, yeah, uh, uh, designer shoes and things like that. And I said, oh, I don't know. You know, I mean, maybe one day I'll be able to afford that. Because I was focused in a joke in college. And many college students were. And she said, oh, you will. And more. And rolled over. Now, I was very new to the prophetic. And I said to Chief, did she just prophesy about me get some designer shoes and more? She said, mm-hmm. I said, well, what's that? In her sleep? I said, you can't in your sleep? You can prophesy in your sleep? Yep. She said, well, you're at that level, you can. Yep, because you never sleep. See, I don't really go to sleep. So it's different for me. I mean, even when I was down, I was telling Norman, now, this is going to happen to you. This is going to happen to so-and-so. Man, so-and-so is going to have that so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I, I do. I prophesy to my people when I'm overseas and I don't see them. Okay. Indeed. Why? Because unlike having a, sense, a, a, a congregational census, I got body organs and cells. So I don't have just a census. I have body organs. Y'all are organs to me. I would ask, I'll tell her so-and-so's in trouble. I need you to go get them. Nobody told me. And the, the, you can tell the real prophetic people in your body because the non-prophetic people will say, all right, who told? See, I told you that in confidence. Well, you know, okay? But I want you to know the high powers in the body, said, yeah, they're picking it up too. I don't shock them a lot. Not my hot powers. And after the things are over, I go back to them. I say, so what did you think? Let me tell you. Here's a journal. Come on. <laughs> get the picture. Let's get the phone thing. Okay, so let me show you the phone. <laughs> so when I have a person that constantly says, somebody told me something, I know they are out of touch with God. Because I am who I am. And I like it. I don't need a thousand friends. I don't know if I ever will have one, have one like that. But what I do know is I've got a Jesus. Yeah. And he's 24-7, So what am I saying to you? I'm saying, number one, if you're in my congregation, don't call me your mentor and be absent all the time. Mm. I don't need that. I don't have an ego thing. These women will tell you I work up until two weeks ago I work from 8 to 2 in the morning because I got to to catch up on, got to hear God, got to write it out, got to get straight. Don't tell me that. A lot of people are easily flattered. They're flattered. They need you to say, my, 
my mentor, my mama, my apostle. They need you to do that because they need you to feed that need. You don't feed me. I get fed by the Holy Spirit. I appreciate your compliment. I appreciate your acknowledgments and your recognition. But understand, just understand, I don't need it. I needed it at 45 and 50. I would have died if somebody would have just said half the things that I hear now. But then I would have died. <gasps> what I need is what you saw last Thursday, my giant showing me this thing is multiplying and that people are getting it right. They're not changing it. They're getting it right. What I need is to see my team fall in order like you all did and form a block that said, you can't touch this. I need that. What I need are leaders who are not so busy trying to kiss up to me, they can't keep my people. I know what I need. And what I don't need is to walk around and say, I got 1,500, 1,600 daughters and sons of the Lord. If I give myself a good 2,000 for the rest of my days, I'm thrilled. Out of the world. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. Now, Jesus may have something else. But what I don't need is for you to assume you know what my ego feeds on. Because my ego does not feed on the common sense. When you have died as many deaths as I've had, you have suffered humiliations for peace most people will never know. And when you have had to come back after being pronounced dead over and over again, you understand, you know yourself to be a champion and a conqueror, and you know that you are a champion and a conqueror for Jesus Christ. And you want to get me, want me to feel great, let's talk about me and Jesus. <clears throat> and this here, now I'm going to say this because I need you to hear me. What you hear me say, Norma, is this how I talk in my house? How often? All the time. So this is not a show. This is a disclosure. <laughs> I don't have a lot of friends because I can't be at that level all the time. I've got to be where I am in my seat in Jesus Christ. And not a lot of people can take more than a couple of minutes of that a couple of times a year. <laughs> exactly. But this is me all the time. Now, why am I saying it? Because I'm the founder of this move. I'm the pioneer. I'm the midwife. I'm the mama. I'm the mentor. I'm the builder. So guess what? You need to know what you're getting because you all want to come to me by what was. And I'm not that. And I was never that. Thank God. Because then I couldn't be this. So I want you, particularly my my, my sheep, my family, my children, I want you to understand you don't have a mama, a mentor, an apostle like everybody else. Don't pigeonhole me. Because they haven't, the slot that I fit in, I'm currently making. Now, when I'm gone, you'll have a slot for me. But then I'll have a lot of y'all. But right now, I'm making the slot that you would put me in. 
and you all try to. Well, you know, I'm trying to see if you sound like, but no, you don't sound like, so. Uh, but you know what you remind, I know what you remind, I, I got it, I got it, I know you remind, but no, no, not necessarily, no. I'm trying to figure out who you sound like. I said, read your Bible. You'll find me in your Bible. That's where I am. I'm with the old guard. I'm with the eternal guard. I'm with the heavenly guard. Now, I'm going to tell you, there was a time when I first started out, particularly when I first come, came to Tulsa to uh, visit. Oh, I was Google, Gaga, I, I, all, all the time. I just, I just thought all of this kind of stuff. But you know, when I was with these people, do you know what I was listening for and rarely heard? Scripture. I heard prophecy coming out your ears. I heard divination. I heard even some revelation that was worthwhile. But I sat with these people for days and they barely mentioned Jesus' name. That's like saying you've been working for a company for 40 years and you never named the company. You talk about it. You like the raises, you appreciate your position, you like the teachings, you trainings, you love the, the product, and never name the company. That's this generation. You talk about your job, you talk about your office, you talk about the lunchroom, your friends, the annual celebration, you never name the company. Ever. And Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me in this wicked generation, I will be ashamed of you before my Father, who is in heaven, and before the holy angels that were sent forth to minister to do you all, who will be heirs of salvation. I watched, I, while I was under trying to come back, I watched all these Christian movies, listen to them. All of them. And you know they all pray. And aren't you excited that you saw they pray? They never say in the name of Jesus. Because they're ashamed of them. Because their funders are ashamed of them. Because their viewers may be offended. And he said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. So we are, I'm at a point where you know I'm old. I'm going to tell you right now, I started this thing when I was 33. That's a long time ago. And when I started, I was all of that. As a matter of fact, I had classes on how to shabify Jesus. Now, I want you to shabby him up like this and shabby him up like that, mistreat him this way, ignore him that. I had actual classes because back then it was all about not offending the world with Jesus Christ. And look at us today. So I stand up there all big and bad, talk about Jesus. And this is what they would say. Oh, I, said, I, I, I said, then you need to get out of his clergy seat. Because I'm going to tell you, you can't stand up on your secular job talking about, I'm going to give credit to the competitors. Because you'll get your box in a lot. But do you know why that happens? Do you know why that can get away, why we get away with that? Mm-hmm. Because it, 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 it speaks to who's in God's high seat. Mm-hmm. We can't talk religion because the world will be happy. That's fine. 
Don't talk religion. You can go out there in the name of your Christian beliefs and whatever else y'all call it. But I, I want you to understand, Jesus muscles up for himself. I'm going to tell you, the man going to muscle up for himself. He said, the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole, what? Earth, looking for those hearts whose heart is perfect toward him, that he may show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are per- See, these people are dealing with an iconic religion. I deal with them. I'm like the apostles. True apostles don't deal with religion. They deal with the man, Christ, the redeemer, the man, Christ Jesus. So I'm not going to offend them. And I tell them I'm not going to offend them. There are times he me and Jesus. There are times he'll send me in to do things, and I know these people are as irreligious and anti-Christ as they want to be. I promise you, I know what I'm going in. Holy Ghost said, I said, well, Jesus, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I want you to say it's going to be a single visit. <laughs> I won't be returning because I'm sure, because I'm going to Jesus this thing up the front and down the back. <laughs> I'm going to slap Jesus. He's going to be a peanut butter and jelly on Jesus' birthday. <laughs> okay? Because I want you to understand that if I, after serving this man all these years, deny him now, it won't be just my soul on the line. That's why Paul said, pray for me that I may preach the word of God as I ought and that I may empty this dispensation. He said, pray for me. And it was harder for Paul because the name of Jesus was in Jerusalem, Mm. Samaria, a little piece of Samaria as well as I have got to give prayer every day because you can see Satan's agenda is to erase this man's name from under heaven. That is what the gutting thing is all about that I've been mentioning because God has to switch out the high powers that won't use his name because there's not power in any other name than in the name of Jesus. And so Satan neutralizes, literally neutralizes Church power by making them call him all this. Did you see me? Satan got all his, all Jesus quote unquote worshipers on my him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Him and he. And we and us. Mm-hmm. All the pronouns. Mm-hmm. Jesus is not a pronoun. It's a pro, Jesus is proper now. But, and everybody said, and, and, and because the, the, the teaching, the Sam's teaching is, is not being, pro, you know, propagated. Now all we have is church doctrine. So people, the people who are doing it are not trying to just, they're not trying to just own Jesus. They've been told, if you want to make it, you can't offend the world with the name of Jesus. But then the world needs to bow to the name of Jesus because that's what we're going to make it to. I don't know how. I told God, me and God talking about this every morning. You know, we have morning chat. And so every morning, and I say, you give me this planet, I'm going to give it to you. Now, how is that going to happen? I don't know. But I, but every time I read my Bible, I see God like a challenge. I want to give him a challenge that's so hard that everybody's going to know him. Nobody did it for him. <laughs> and maybe that's a challenge. What I just said, that's a challenge. I was like, come on. So I'm talking to him about this. I, I, I say it almost twice a week. I said, because I've got to get involved with you because i got some stuff for you I want to do. i got some things I want to give you. I got some things I want to put in this plan for you. 
I want to get for your generation. She had Jesus, I need food. Now, now most people say, yeah, this is your sound and all high and lofty and lofty and whatever. Well, to you, it probably would be because Jesus probably doesn't ask you to his breakfast table. But I go to his place. <laughs> <laughs> And so when the lamp, every time God raises up a force like us, you know, the enemy doubles down. And he doubles down, and he moves into psychology and hallucination. <laughs> Call me in a hallucinate. Please tell me I'm hallucination. Because y'all got a whole new race of people you made based on 100% hallucination. <laughs> because their own changing of the rules validate us. Yeah. I identify as an offspring of the Godhead. Yeah. Okay. Deal with it. All right. Deal with it. Yeah. If we're all, all yeah. self-identifying, yeah. we just happen to be identifying with the archetypical. Yeah. And you are identifying with the, resi- resi- uh, the residual. Whoa. See, there's a, there's a whole refuge strata in humanity. Which means it finds no place in science, it finds no place in uh, reality, uh, that's that refuge strategy. So if we're identifying, and I say I identify with breakfast, with through breakfast with Jesus every day, that I'm a world power, you got to live with that. Because you told us that's how we do. Thanks for teaching us. We've been looking for a we new hope. We got one. Y'all know I'm crazy. Go on. You know I'm crazy. So the next time they start saying, you mean to tell me that Jesus talks? I said, you, he doesn't talk to you? Oh, well, you need to find out how to get him talking to you and stop wasting your time trying to tell me he's not talking to me. You work that out. Why am I talking like this? God to give you language and articulation. Yes. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments. Yeah, talk to me about our, well, yeah, holy roller. Well, I'm going to tell you what is better than being a hellish roller, because you're going to roll on this planet every single day, because we are the planet of the weak. And we'll roll. All right. <laughs> I give you a whole free pass and you miss it. <laughs> so I've been, <laughs> I have been on this journey, and we're going to stay on this journey. And we're going to talk about God gutting his high power. So you have got to get the top three that were on Mount Transit. They had to get it right. Because the mid-teams have got to get it right. Because the mid-teams become the model and the mentality. See, you're not a minty if you still have your own mind on how this is supposed to be done. Well, you're not a minty. You're an advisor. Gee. But you are not a minty because the minty's first, first evidence is a changed mind. After we change the mind, because the consciousness is what determines that it's the engine of the model, of the behaviors. So if you're going to be that, then I need to make sure you say, like, I, you know, I, ch- 
trust them. And people don't realize I'm, I'm, I'm telling the secret now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, when I get a new leader, and even if they stay in leadership, I have a constant test. And this is my test. I will say, go tell Apostle Ashley so-and-so and so-and-so to a new leader. And then I listen. And nine times out of ten, they're going to paraphrase the words, paraphrase the message, change the text. And so I'll say, this is what I'll say. This is a test you don't want to fail. Um, so I'll, you come back and I say, well, did you tell Apostle Ashley what I said? Or did you tell her that I said, blah, blah, whatever? And this is what they'll say. Well, I didn't say it like that. Because that's what you do to God. That's how false prophets are born. So you didn't think it was that simple? Now, you did it as a mature adult because you want to make sure that I know that you are mature and you're an independent thinker. But you are a bad messenger. Did you like that? Because if you cannot give the world of your sender exactly as you sent them, then you have changed not just the trajectory of the words of faith, but you have changed the powers that are going to carry it through. Wow. So there are people who say, you know, Pastor Christ never called on me. I called you so in the beginning three times. You did this three times to me. I know you can't hear, sir. <laughs> I know that. And I'm not going to offend you about it. You know? And, and this is what I'll do. I say to her, do we have things moving yet? You got juice? Thank you. She said we have juice. So we can get a picture. So I have said, oh, many times I've spoken about her story. Okay. And I have said to her many times, if I want to get something done, I'll say, do not use this, this one, and this one, and that one. And you said, again, now some of you all might think that, you know, okay, look at you, ego. If you see ego, then we know that you are one of those because you're already paraphrasing your reality. So I say, don't use this one because they don't ever get the words right. So because if you have a leader who can't get the words right, then the instructions are always wrong and the people are always acting on the wrong thing with the wrong information for the wrong reason. You understand? So... I said, because when you read the fundamental core definition of an apostle, the number one thing that distinguishes them is that they have never changed Jesus' words. All these wonderful little paraphrase Bibles are for the people. They're not for the Messiah. Because the angels are working on the heavenly script. They're not working on human contemporary. They're not working on modern culture. The angels are like, can you imagine how they must laugh at us? <laughs> talking about it's outdated, and, and the angels are cracking up, talking about, yeah, yeah we outdated. <laughs> we're, we're still trying to get you all to do more than one or two things at a time. I can, I do, I can, I can imagine that they are, they're cracking up. And I can imagine when they meet each other, Guess what I just went through again? What? The weird old-fashioned thing. He said, yeah, man, I know. I know. I got one of them. 
and that everything that's unfolding in corrupted flesh is better than everything that created this before it corrupted. Consciousness. Consciousness is important. So when you are trying to grow in God, when you are teaching, when we were talking last week about the Sam, um, those scriptures off their mantle, that's important because if you read the Bible, God rebukes people all the time for changing his word and said that there's a curse attached to it. All these paraphrases, these people understand the people's Bible and whatnot, those are cursed additions. But actually, God calls them aberrations. Because if it started in God's realm, now you can say all day long, yeah, but you understand this translation was wrong and that one was wrong. And, and you know, I mean, it was written by men. So is your translation, unless you went and got yourself a duck to get it done. <laughs> and so when you, as you're moving up in God to be a, if you're called to be an apostle or prophet, you have got to be a guardian of the word, the man's word, a guardian of his truth. Because when you paraphrase, then you also decimate truth. And it becomes flicks and specks. Is, is this speaking to you? Yes. When, we, when I started my school, when I started my school in New Jersey, I went to one of those, you know, uh, Christian accreditation things. And so, and I had written a curriculum, pretty much what I have now. Now it's more mature, a lot refined. And I want you to know, all those people, when I told them what it's based on, I said, well, it's based on the Bible and the Word of God. They said, well, we don't accredit that. Oh. It was in Missouri. And they said, we don't accredit that. So I can imagine I'm wrong, because I don't have anything else. So then we had this cocky young black man who wanted to let me know why they didn't accredit Bible, as it's written, but they get credit of a text related to it. Oh, yeah, I had that a lot. I can't even tell you how many times I say that. That's why we were here today. People don't know the Bible. So you got Ph.D., M-P-L-O-Q-Z, and no Bible. So I went, and so I went when I was going through that, and, and I went back to God. I said, Oh, God, I don't have anything else. Because, I mean, you're talking about a woman who I didn't just sit down and play my music and sing and all of that kind of stuff. I didn't. I sat in heaven's classroom. And I don't know. I said, but I don't know where to go. This is all I got. And it wasn't always just in a dream. So I come back and say to Jesus, well, Jesus, I, I don't know. Everything you gave me, that's how I ended up writing constructing and all of those. Those were all my classes. So I go to Jesus, and I'm brokenhearted. I'm about to cry. And I mean, I'm, I'm ready to be. I'm thinking I'm ready to do this. And this, all Jesus said was just wait. He just, just wait. And he used the phrase, everything that's in the dark will be revealed by the day. So we, and we read, when we read that, we say daylight. That's not what he's saying. There was a day when God will pull the covers back. Oh, there's a day where God is going to open up the lockers and open up the, the storage and cupboards and show us 
of those ancient texts. This thing against the Bible is so real that we are drowning in relic movies. Ancient relics. Now, you can tell the devil feels humans are stupid. Because you're talking about people giving up their entire life to go play in dirt and dust. Do I think it's a valid thing? Actually, it could well be. Somebody must have given it to them legit. But you have people who are literally whole blockbuster movies running through skulls and cobwebs, and they're excited because they call. They think that's a validating experience to find out the past, only to, to find out what all the religions that Jesus Christ destroyed must have looked like. And since they're playing with dust and powder, they got to fill in a lot of blanks. We have black people right now, black folks. I'm so glad I'm black and smart. I'm excited about being black, smart, female, and older. Older. I'm excited. But the, the people that we have, we have to come up with now, you got to pray against them old African devils. Now, these devils have not helped their people since first and on the planet. Still can't help their people. As a matter of fact, it took the Jesus side to help them. Okay? Still can't help their people. And we got black folks trying to give these devils their seats back. You understand how unimpressed I am with that? When they caught, I did all of that pan-Africanism or whatnot, because I'm that generation. I told you, I'm, a, I'm old. I've been out here. I chased that. And they think the whole thing is about wearing colorful hair, I mean, hair guard and, and, and snatching and snapping their butt over the grave of somebody with bones in their face and whatnot. Satan hates humans. And he clearly hates black humans a lot. Now, I don't know that probably because he's dark and dead. And you sit down with people who would rather wallow in the dirt with animals and blood and trash and and literally pass contagious sexual diseases along in the name of some, some matriarchal or patriarchal religion. That has not helped them yet. This is 2020. Yeah. And them devils had all that time and they still haven't got their brain. Oh, no. And you know why it can't be? Do you all want to know why it can't be right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be encouraged. Be encouraged. <laughs> and guess what you don't have over there? I know. <laughs> I'll work it out. <laughs> but do you know why their way can't work? I thank God for science. Because when science started blasting those rituals, they started seeing the origin of disease and contagion and infections and bugs that came from that. It's kind of like today when they have those farm parties and everybody, nobody know who been up and who, okay? And they're drunk, high, you don't know who would been up and who, you don't know if they went up the front back, you don't have a clue about anything. All you know is that you were oblivious and you linked your vessel. To some some sort of demonic ritual for them to get their stuff off using you. 
Three weeks later, you got stuff crawling. I got an itch. I got a pimple. I got a this. I got a that. And you can't even give a good medical history. Because you were overtaken. And you call it a good night. You call it liberty. You call it party. You can't even, you don't even know what, what part of you was part of. I'm going to get better. I don't know when. Stay right there. Okay? I'm, I'm going to work on this. This is not the day I'm going to work on it, but there is a day coming. And so you went back to all of that African rituality, picked up all of that disease, and you got to go to modernity to get here. I don't think anything can be more invalidated. I don't know. You all may know something. Else. Mm-hmm. Now, I say this because Satan knows humans can't think. Oh, wow. That's why he plays up our feelings. See, the, the, the veil is taken away in Christ, not in Africanism, not even in to the veil, and the veil God's talking about is on your heart as well as on your mind. So as we go forward, I like being who I am. I really get a kick out of this. i got to tell you. You know, some days I think about it, and I'm like, God, my life was so hard, so unpleasant, so painful, I thought I would never be able to sit here and say, but thank you, because I have wisdom and references. Church people keep falling because there's no frame of reference. Because we've been told, don't say this, don't do that. So then, and, and all they have, the frame of reference becomes sneaking to these little nasty movies, going to these little funky bathhouses, not knowing what's passing by and what's leaving it as it passes by, going to these little nasty bars, but picking up, living a life that does nothing but collect other people's filth. And they tell us that's free. It ought to be free. Because you're going to pay the rest of your life for it. Because the wages of sin is that. And they do it. Now, here's the thing, because I'm coming to wrapping up what I'm saying. They do it because they call it free. That's free. First of all, who shackled or unshackled you so that you couldn't go to those little nasty, sleazy, self-destructive environments. When they say it's about freedom, that it's about a liberty, I want you to hear in, lean in. Come on, let's lean in. When they say that, they mean it's about Jesus. When they say free, they mean free from Jesus. If you notice, when they get into their deep talk, it's always about the Christian church. Now, you see some of them Islamic things, and you're like, really? Okay. Like, really? All right. We don't want to talk about Buddhism and Hinduism, Taoism, all of that. All of them have built elaborate, you know, Buddhism and all that. All those ages, they built elaborate temples to do the same or the funky things that Americans do, Americans do calling it a night out a party. It began in those temples. They have temples that they have put 300,000 people to work to cause all these sexual orgiastic things. Mm -hmm. 
as part of the outward design. You know how we have the gargoyle? No, they got sex things. So they don't have to teach the people. They just let them go walk by and look. Now, they don't tell you that, but then I'm an apostle. And a true apostle and prophet, and a lot of, we got some good ones out there who have been around the world 50 times. But they come back, and they, they, they're hamstrung by a false modesty that prevents them from, from letting people see the ancient is not still ancient. It's, it's, the ancient is still current. Okay, from letting us see the orgies that we now put on lipstick and eyelashes for, okay, same trash. And that, and they don't, like when you watch like the History Channel and they tell you all of these things, they never tell you the abominable disease rates and the perversion and the, and the deformity of these kids from all of that. In those those rituals, their gods hate them, and they should because they're actually better than their gods. But they don't want their gods to find that out. And so you don't realize. Just go and look at on the internet at all of those deformities, and they're all and they keep going back to the same acts and things that did this. They put it in their family tree. They put it in their line. People don't understand when you get born again, God cuts a lot of that off in your DNA. Yeah. That's why we have less. And that the more perverse we get, the more that old stuff is coming back off. Because he said, do you keep my covenant? I got to hit the bell. Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah. 
Because, see, the crowd that came out of Egypt was full of contagious and unclean. They were vile because Egypt polytheists. And so the crowd, the crowd that came out, they were full of diseases. And yet, when we get to Jericho, he's let all those diseases die out. And he killed their predisposition with the manna. <laughs> so by the time we get to Jericho, we got a whole generation that is more like you all millennials than like the crowd that came out. And it says they their shoes didn't wear out. And their clothes didn't wear out. Now, you're walking in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, granted, I'll give it, they may have had a nice little cobbler, you know, industry. Could be. But the fact of the matter is, the body kept the material from corrupting. Then he goes on to say, and your clothes didn't wear out. Now, I don't know about you, but 40 years wearing, I've got some 40-year-old garments, and they did not wear out, but they were dinner for a lot of birds. Yeah. My fault, all in the hunt book, okay? Not them. Now, we look at that, and, of course, you got the unbelievers. I mean, how can they believe unless they got a preacher and we go on? So if they, in their mind, people's theological and university education on Christianity is so bad that it blocked their common sense. So they would rather believe that the gods of the land who have, that is obvious and evident that God could not change their land, they'd rather believe that not because of academia. So here we are. Clothes don't wear out. And if we were in a classroom and we were discussing all of this based on all of you all education, because most of you are the great education, you're a nurse, you know what I'm trying to say. And if we discuss the phenomena, now they may have had hand-me-down systems par excellence, but nobody got old clothes, even though they were hand-me-down. Just going to let you know, I still remember it's over there. Mm-hmm. So, but if you took that phenomena, because not only if the clothes didn't wear out, the people somehow or another stopped aging as the matter took over. Right. And became super big, super version of the humans. Now, we can, I have a teacher called Matter Babies. And I have something else about matter. I know that if I just said it, it's going to pop up on your screen, and you can go to our store to get it or put an order in for it. But those, te- and I wrote a couple of articles even on Facebook about the matter base. Because, see, the Joshua generation that is preached is not the Joshua generation that was the matter base. But, but getting back to the point that I wanted to make, God stopped disease. Devils breathe disease. 
devils are agents agents of God's judgment through disease because he put everything that could possibly go wrong in his creaturehood in those spirits before they hit the planet. God did that. And he did it because God does everything with living beings. Everything, if you ask a good scientist, a teacher, every disease, every bug has a personality. And it it functions as a a purpose. Why? Because God has nothing dead. Because if it's dead to God, it's dead because he took his power and his spirit. That's why he's dead. He took his power, his life force, and his skin. So when you think about it, when God inseminated the seed of his son in the planet, that is how he showed his love for the world. And he, in that seed, put the same power that keeps Jesus healthy, wealthy, or whatever, he put it in his seed so that it becomes it's inseminated in us by the new birth. But this is where the Bible comes in. But the Bible begins to tell you how not to destroy that new seed. Because he said then there's no more offering for sin. And that sounds real churchy, there's no more offering for sin. Yeah, guess what he's really saying? That there is no other version of redemption for the new spirit that you just get ready to mess up. Mm-hmm. There's no treatment, there's no therapy, there's no redesign, no no uh, Godhead cellular reconstruction, none, none of that. This is it. Because this is it. Why is this it? Because this is the ultimate. Because this is it, and it's the ultimate. Because, now hear me, because you're going to like this, because this is hot out of the Godhead gene pool. What we get is new creation. Heart, I mean, out of the actual Godhead gene pool, the gene, the cell, the genetics that God himself almighty figured out how to make invincible, impervious, impenetrable. Are y'all okay? So when we start thinking about what makes us unique, this is why we're not a religion. Their religion requires them to do rituals to make their fallen deities who freestyle themselves as earth gods and guards of darkness and death to make them not kill them, to withhold their infections and their contaminants and their perversions and, and, and all of that, to make the, the gods release whatever residual benefits they have. That's not us. And I'm teaching this every week. We teach it almost every night because I need you to stop being a religious saint. And I need you to be, be, begin to live and grow in your stature as a redeemed civilian of the nation of Jesus Christ. That's what the gutting is going to do. It's going to help you do that. So in this, because we, we have a few minutes left, in this entire gutting experience, there, God is seeking 2.5 million unique versions of himself around the world. 
because he's changing the angelic God. God now wants us to occupy two-dimensionally, probably omnidimensionally, but we'll get to that in another class. But he wants us to occupy omnidimensionally the space of sovereign elect on his behalf. Now, I mentioned this loosely in another class. You understand that devils are in this seat because there are not enough of us who are in our Christ-equivalent state to get the job done. Now, when I say that, I say that asking you to keep in mind when God, when God put Israel in their new land, he did not kill all of the predatory animals. And so the lions were, the animals were more popular, more numerous than people. In a way, in that very, very uh, makeshift example, you need to understand that this here is important to God because God is going to do Romans 8, 19. The world is getting ready to meet his manifest sons and daughters, but they can't do so with the world's soul because Satan formed the world's soul. So God is, in, in short, he is doing some major things. One of them is he's extracting, he's extracting the church from Christianity. Then he's extracting his body from the church because it's so contaminated and overrun. That is why every time I was trying to teach this and share this with people, every time I did it, I kept running up against, I said, well, God, we're going to just you know, do the church, not the church. I said, but God, in the church, your body. He said, not that one. Okay. So finally, it dawned on me that this is a divine, this is a Godhead physiological thing, not a, an institutional thing. It is literally the physiological constitution of the Almighty, passed on to us as seeds through the new birth. When you, I'll know when you got this, because statements like, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are new. And this last phrase will switch it for you, and all things, or everything about you, is of God. I want to do a Bible study so badly I can taste it, but I just don't know how to fit it in, where we're going to walk this scripture as the apocalyptic offspring of the Godhead. That's a different scripture walk. Take it from me. That's a different scripture walk. So anyway, so 2.5 million new and perpetual kingdom sovereigns is what God is looking for. Dr. Christ, I don't understand. I don't believe. God doesn't love this one more than that. If we were talking about household family love, your little argument would mean something. But since we're not... 
We're talking about power and service. Everybody know in the house the power of the mother, the father, and the elder sister. That's not kingdom. So he's doing this so that the sovereignty that the devils and, and demons have been working on and have been exercising unrestricted is about to come under this gutted, renovated, recalibrated elect. Mm-hmm. And sovereignty will change hands. Does that speak to you all? How you doing on social media? I can't call one. I got all of them. Uh, where are they? Are they on your thing there? Are y'all on there? They all in that little... Hi, y'all. Everybody's in there. Huh? Everybody's in there. So... I, uh, I found your man and baby post. Good. And so what we'll do is put in this pre-download. Uh-huh. Let, you know, uh, what's her name? What's the girl? Sonia. Oh, you did all of that. Are you going to do a what? I already did it. And so we're going to upload it to your site like the pre-download. Excellent. The phone comes in about an hour. In about an hour, go to my site, drpaulaprice.com, and get your free download of the of the Manabase. Because the, what, I, what makes me feel good about this and comfortable about it is that there is scriptural precedent. Now, if we, now here's something. I'm going to say something a little bit radical because I haven't done that yesterday. <clears throat> so a lot of things may not have Bible precedent due to translations and, and all of that. But what I have has eternal scripture presence. And there is a difference between in this era, this, this particular era of the church, Bible precedence and scripture precedence. Because, see, scriptures predate Bible. We didn't get a Bible to the Gutenberg Press. But we always have scriptures going back to the beginning of God. So, so, so what God wants to do Back up. What God is doing is he's doing, starting Monday, we talked about it on my, go back to all of my broadcasts, starting Monday, he's got, the spirit is getting ready to go out and sift the planet. And when it goes out to sift the planet, you won't know that you're in it or not. And we won't know who has been chosen for the gutting until 21 days after the fact, and then only a handful. You realize that Jesus came, went, changed the world, changed time, did all of that, and the rest of the world never skipped the beat. But in the spirit realm, everything changed. Mm. Changed. They were, uh, all of their, the, the uh, apostles and the uh, redeemer physiological, zoological cells were altered. The apostles were un- unseated principalities and powers. All of that happened behind the backdrop of this world. And the world just kept on going. And it looked like it, everything Jesus did was for naught until he began to multiply, uh, multiply himself through those apostles' teachings and doctrines. He, the Holy Ghost, multiplied and birthed millions and millions of people around the world, most of which Satan thought he could kill, and he tried to kill, because, you know, now, if a woman is fertile, you got to surgically stop that. 
That's how, you know, back then they had 20, you know, we used to have 20 kids, 25 kids. One used to have 40 kids. That's how the world got populated outside of Egypt. And so all of that happened to bring us to today. And Egypt was still doing what they were doing. Pharaoh was still on the family. All of life was going on. Why? Mortal mortality had been off the scene. They had losses not been a factor. Because by the time you see something from God's well, what you're living is already there. Well, they tell me, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers here, I'm thinking I need to probably wrap up. Do me a favor. Go to drpaulaaprice.com. Go get the download in about an hour. There is going to be there. I can't wait to get it read it again myself. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out if the audios I did on it are somewhere in my archives. I have no idea, but I've got a cracker jack team that's going to find out and make it so. <laughs> Lastly, Share this with everybody you know. Share, share, share. I'm going to be on this. Next time we get together, uh, many of you probably already watched last night about how God gutted Job as a high power. To go back and listen to that again, and I'm going to walk through all of the high power gutting that we call judgment, and might be, that God has to let us know that there is scripture precedent for what I've been teaching. And again, and let me know what you think about it. Some of you let me know, others, you know, whatever. I like, you know, some of y'all, y'all put so many bombs and fingers and gloves and flames. And lastly, I'm going to ask you to sow. Sow a seed. Sow into this word. If you want to be considered, you know, you don't know what will make God besides you should be the one that he got as a high power. The whole church is going to get gutted. That's, that's, not, that's not the issue. We're talking about the immediacy of this. Until Sunday at the congregation of the mighty where God stands, go be powerful. God bless you.